Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It is Tony. And I got to say, I think I've got the best job in the world getting to talk to the up and coming generation of food and beverage entrepreneurs. Um, many of you know Allie Elliott. Allie, you have literally been like all over LinkedIn, crossing this earth three times over conferences, people, meetings. You are really fine tuning your your work at Farmer Foodie, aren't you? Yep. I really like to put myself out there, engage with the CPG community and learn from, you know, industry experts and like-minded entrepreneurs. Well, I got to say, I absolutely love your name, Farmer Foodie. I know it started, I know it started as a blog, I think for you, but it's like, that's a great podcast name. <laughs> Yeah, my cousin actually came up with the name for me and it was really because I was the education director on an organic farm and I love to cook and I really wanted to start a food blog and it really made sense to us. You went to Alaska for three months. Um, what, what impact did Alaska have for you in your journey into food? Yeah, in undergrad, I studied anthropology and sustainability and religion with a focus on Judaism and Buddhism. And when I was a sustainability studies minor, the, the agriculture section of the course was actually most interesting to me. So once I graduated in 2016, I decided to go woofing. It's worldwide opportunities on organic farms in Alaska for three months with a friend. And basically, it's kind of like a workaway type model where you sort of give your labor in exchange for a place to live and food and work on small organic homesteads and, you know, places with CSAs and agriculture needs. Oh, it sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely wonderful. Alaska is also gorgeous. I saw otters and bald eagles and the nature was just fantastic. I got to fly to a area via puddle jumper and see, you know, bears, grizzly bears catching salmon. <laughs> it was very, very wow, amazing. Very, very, you know, in touch with, with nature. Well, you know, anytime I see anything happening in Alaska, I either see someone's got like a sidearm with like a 45 caliber or they have a rifle across their back. I mean, it is no joke. You are, you are part of the food chain when you're out there. So I bet it was like, you know, shocking at the same time, but just like incredible beauty. Exactly. Yeah. When you go hiking, it's not really great to be silent. Actually speaking or having music going is better just because of the grizzly population and also the moose. The moose are actually more deadly than the grizzly bears. <laughs> you know, I've heard that, but I don't think that that's probably not widely known. Um, so then you get this opportunity to intern on an organic farm. You later become the educational director, right? I believe for that farm. Um, yep. How did that really kind of shape your ideas into, you know, you understand their problems in the food system and kind of set, you know, planting those seeds that you want to join the CPG community with your own offering? Yeah, I really enjoyed my role as education director at Mackinac Organic Farm. I was there for almost four years. I managed a one acre garden, 14 egg laying hens. I had goats and pigs over the years. I, you know, grew everything from seed and harvested it and managed it to the end of its life and really became very connected to 
food, what I was consuming on a regular basis, how it was grown, the sustainability behind it, and then started my food blog, The Farmer Foodie. And actually, my vegan cheese recipes were the reason why I was able to stick to a vegan diet during COVID when I was making all of my meals at home. I was also in grad school because I wanted to pursue my own venture, you know, and really take a leading role in the outcome of a venture. And that's how I decided to launch a cashew parm product line. Love the sample. And what we did is uh, my wife just mixed it with, we just took the easy route. We were like, she, we just mix it with hot water. And she just picked some kind of comfort. I think it was like elbow noodles. I mean, it was so simple, but I was like, oh my God, this is like comfort food. But it was like all natural, you know, it's like I knew what I was eating. And so I we're definitely going to get into like all the different iterations of your cashew parm because I know you're on Amazon. I was just checking that out. I think you've got four SKUs, I think, out there now. Yeah, we have two flavors and we're offering them as single units and six packs. And the oh, that's six packs yeah. okay. have a 10% uh, reduced cost. That's right. It's two SKUs, but you can buy it in different, you know, sizes. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we did the golden cheddar, but I don't think we got to, I don't think I did the Italian herb, which is that more of that zesty kind of pizza vibe. I think I need to do that one. Have you tried that as, um, as like a ba- I, I You cook everything. I know. Have you tried that as a sauce for like the base of a pizza actually? I haven't actually tried it as a sauce, but I did go to a local pizza parlor in Waltham, Massachusetts, and he did put down a base of tomato sauce and then he sprinkled on the golden cheddar because that was the flavor I was, you know, promoting at the time. And it was great. It really kind of the parm absorbs whatever it's touching. So it becomes almost like almost like a creamy tomato sauce when you add it to something like that. So there you are on the farm. You're you're like a homesteader, basically, right? With you know raising your your, your chicks and such, um, and then you discovered that you could transition completely to a vegan diet, right? Because there is a problem, I will say, in the um, plant based cheese space. A problem. Let's just say people aren't happy with the plant based cheeses. The holy grail is to figure out beautiful, creamy, you know, plant-based cheese. But then you've, maybe you've kind of cracked the code here with your, you know, with your parm. So walk us through that, how you've created it, why it's, why it's so delicious and, and kind of how you're trying to position it now, you know, in retail. Cause I know you've got some choices. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think that a lot of plant-based cheese companies are trying to create what we know as cheese, right? So they're creating shreds and slices and blocks and things that are supposed to melt. But the biggest challenge has been creating that melting agent. And so as a clean, organic, healthy, sustainable company, we really use straightforward, recognizable ingredients that are sort of something on their own, right? Like it's a cashew parm. You can use it as a topping. You can put it on pizza, pasta, popcorn. But as a recipe developer, there are plenty of people out there who are hydrating things like our cashew parm and turning them into creamy sauces for pasta, spreads or ricottas or dips and quesos. And our product is just so versatile that it can be used in so many different applications and still be so satisfying and clean 
and sort of have that melting effect in the sense that it really absorbs or like disintegrates when it touches something. I noticed more. that. Yeah. It grabs it, kind of holds it. Yeah. And it, it, you can use it for risotto. Like you can use it exactly like Parmesan and it really does create that thick, creamy, delicious consistency with, you know, flavor at the forefront. Do you think that when you have something that's so versatile that it becomes almost a marketing challenge for you? Like, where do I position it? Because I, I run into that problem in my business. I've, cr I created something that was so versatile. It's like, well, how do I try to keep it simple for people? Because everyone said, but well, you can use it this way. You can use it that way. Exactly. And actually, my initial thought process was to brand it as this multi-use product. And it was only a month after I launched in May of 2022. I had pitched in June in the Nosh Live semifinals and finals. And the board of judges were actually from Kroger's and Albertsons and these very established retail chains. And their number one feedback was around our branding and our messaging and how we are articulating our products to consumers. Because I guess they say the consumer will look at your product for three seconds and then determine if they want to purchase it or not. So that really made me think. And I decided to partner with a branding agency in September of 2022 to bring to light our cashew parm product line, which just kind of ignites something in consumers when they see parm in a shaker container, similar to Kraft Parmesan or any private label Parmesan on the shelf. Yes. That it can be used like it, but it's a vegan alternative, a dairy-free option. Yeah, I think that's really smart to partner or piggyback on something already very nostalgic with with consumers and then they discover oh this is a really good alternative that might end up being the door that they walk into farmer foodie and discover oh here are all the other ways i can use it but it you know it it's in a shaker form to start with yeah and people who probably shop for things like craft parmesan or shelf stable parmesan cheese most likely have someone in their life who's either lactose intolerant, vegan, dairy-free, has some sort of like health um, constraint. And they might decide to pick it up and purchase it because that person frequently comes over for dinner, which is something that I've interacted with a lot with consumers who taste the product and think it tastes great and then decide not only to buy it because they like it, but to buy it because they know someone who would like it. Because they're just trying to care for someone else. Yeah, that's the when you you know you've nailed a product when someone can buy it for someone else for dietary reasons, but they secretly like it themselves. <laughs> you, know, you know, you you know that you've really uncovered this. Yeah. Well, so I really think it's about starting off as a recipe developer because I had created multiple variations of dairy-free cheese recipes, which included Parmesan, queso, ricotta, and mac and cheese. And I was eating my mac and cheese sauce at least once a week, honestly, typically every Thursday with a side <laughs> of buffalo cauliflower. It was my favorite thing that I made every week. And in graduate school, I really contemplated launching a boxed mac and cheese that was dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free. But at that time, there were a bunch of other companies with a lot of funding and experience that were launching in the same section of the grocery store with innovative boxed mac and cheese options. And I just felt like I didn't have the, you know, capital or resources to go up against a company that large or growing that quickly. And so 
even though I did actually get into an accelerator program through Brandeis and won some grant funding for my mac and cheese idea, a month after that, I decided to pivot to shelf-stable Parmesan that is, of course, gluten, dairy, and soy-free because there really isn't much like that on the ind- in the industry right now. And the existing products aren't really sold mainstream. The ones that are oftentimes don't sit well with consumers. And being someone who loves food, who loves to eat, who loves creating new recipes, I wanted to bring a delicious product that was craveable to the masses that I consume myself on a regular basis. This is almost like a white space in some ways that you've uncovered because there I don't know that I've seen many other cashew parm. Exactly. So we're actually trademarking the cashew parm category right now. There are some products that are branded more towards nutritional yeast, which a lot of vegans and, you know, people who are lactose intolerant will use instead of Parmesan, but there isn't that much flavor affiliated with nutritional yeast. And that actually sits in the spice section of the grocery store. Mm. So trademarking the cashew parm category, our goal is to really sit next to dried pasta, box mac and cheese, next to pasta sauces and things like shelf-stable Parmesan. And, you know, I did create all of these recipes myself. We've got golden cheddar and Italian herb. I have a few more recipes up my sleeve. I'm just waiting for the opportunity. (laughs) You probably have a million recipes up your sleeve. It's just, (laughs) all right, which one is going to make it next? And, you know, listen, there is something to be said for just getting those first few skews to really move. Now, didn't you, we talked, touched on it earlier that you've just now gotten into Amazon so outside of Amazon in, in that DTC channel, what's happening for you in the world of, of retail? I know you mentioned uh, Kroger and Albertson, you know, buyers who got exposed to it at the Nosh pitch. What's happening there? And maybe talk about your journey as a brand new brand trying to talk to buyers. I mean, that is a brutal business. Like they don't care a lot of times, you know, like what are you going to do for the category kind of thing? So maybe you talk about your experience with that. So our initial branding was everything cheese in a craft stand-up bag. And I was putting all of my energy towards the rebrand and less so towards retail placement because I knew that with the rebrand, we would just have to sort of do all of that work a second time to get these new SKUs into retail. So now that our rebranded and expanded product line is on the market, which we actually launched in time for our exhibition at the Fancy Food Show in June of 2023. We've been receiving a lot of interest from retailers, from meal kits, from other brands about launching co-branded products. And we're in the process of partnering with a distributor in the Northeast. And it looks like we're going to be launching in all of the Roach Brothers locations, which is a really great opportunity for us because They have between 20 and 30 locations in Massachusetts, which is where I'm based. So I can really take a hands-on approach with in-person demos and placement and checking in with them. And they also offer a really large variety of, you know, natural and organic products similar to ours. And they do see our products sitting next to pasta sauce and, you know, shelf-stable Parmesan and whatnot. So we're really excited about that opportunity and also 
our opportunities. I think we're going to be launching a co-branded microwavable mac and cheese cup with our golden cheddar flavor. Ooh, well, this is kind of fun because you can do collaborations with others. And this sounds like, is that, is that what you mean? Co-branding It's kind of like a, a, a collab with another brand. Exactly. Yeah. That's a fun way to kind of introduce people. And it lets that other brand bring in some new flavors too, right? Because they're always trying to innovate and give something new to their consumers. You know, going back to um, Roach Brothers and whatever they had, like 18 to 20 stores, that's a great little footprint to start in just to see, you know, how it's working in the stores, what what placement, what categories. Um, plus, you get to drive to all those stores yourself and do demos. Exactly. What better way than to give someone a little cup with some, you know, golden cheddar on some elbows and they're just like, oh my, the kids walk by here, try this. And they're like, mom, you got to buy this. I mean, there's nothing better than getting it into, you know, the consumer's mouth. Kids really love our cashew parm. Actually, I was at a farmer's market yesterday and there was probably a two to three year old and he just kept eating our sample cups and loved it so much that his parents put it on a hot dog for him later that night. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, and I would imagine too, um, cause I do know you, you hustle a lot and I love that about you. You're just very hardworking. I think you said, um, off mic, you were like, this is my whole life. I mean, it's like you're, you've given birth to, <laughs> to your baby and it's just, it takes all your time now. Um, but I was going to say the, the content that you can generate that user generated content, you've got something unique food is Instagrammable. And when people make something on their own, they like to take photographs and they're not going to do that with like an energy bar, but you've got something that they can make something with and be like, Hey, check this out. I think that's something that you, you have already discovered. I'm sure. We have actually. So we've been working with some micro influencers and some influencers with, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand followers. Oftentimes they're interested in, you know, a product exchange for a story post or a reel or a individual like static post on a feed. Right now we're really targeting Instagram. We're also on TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, but Instagram is our our number one. (laughs) And you are omni-channel. We are omni-channel. People are just interested. They like it. We typically talk to influencers or content creators who enjoy dairy-free or plant-based alternatives who, you know, just would genuinely enjoy the product. Yeah, that's what you want. I think the micro-influencer, honestly, just kind of comes across as more genuine, more authentic. They truly have a following of people that they speak to on a very personal level about their life and their journey into whatever they're doing. And they're just people who are interested in, you know, in wellness and health. And they honestly, a lot like me, they just enjoy, you know, discovering new things and talking about new things, but they're in the, the format where they, you can actually see it. Exactly. Which is like another hint. I know we have to move to video. Like we keep getting, everyone wants us to start doing video. And so I think, I think the time is coming very soon so we can do our own little you know, demos with the founder, like, oh my God, this is delicious. Cause we try all the food. It's good. But uh, you've got that natural built in, I think, you know, marketing advantage, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a great idea. When you decide to do videos, we should do some sort of recipe video podcast together. Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's and exactly. actually our new co-packer is really great because they're local here in Rhode Island and they have a test kitchen where we can also do video and photo shoots. And they also have a sort of presentation space with a massive monitor where I can host retailers, distributors, or other yeah. brands for some, some sort of presentation. I love that. Um, I think that's a great feature that they that they have in-house. And they also use that for their own salespeople, the brokers or the distributors that go out and sell because they need to be educated as well when they go talk to, you know, a food service provider or whatever. And you've got a lot of opportunities here. Obviously, DTC, you can get into retail. You probably could. You probably have some food service play, too. So it's just a matter of where does Ali have time now? <laughs> you know, where are you going to put your resources? Um it's super great. I, I'm just, I'm so glad we were finally able to, to do this because we've been trying for about a year. It feels like, I don't know, maybe not quite that long. And with everything going on with all the shows and the schedules and everything, and with your rebranding, we're like, let's wait for the right time. And I think this is it now. Um, I want everyone to go check it out. Now, for people who do want to go check it out, what's the best way for them to, to find you and, and check out the, the new Parm? Our website is thefarmerfoodie.com and we are offering free shipping nationwide on our website. And we are also, of course, on Amazon now. So if you just simply type in Farmer Foodie, it should pop up. And we are also at a bunch of farmers markets in the Massachusetts area. And of course, as mentioned, we're expanding to some retail locations. There are a couple distributors we're partnering with, one of which actually specializes in more independent stores such as co-ops in the area. So we're excited about getting that partnership going in the beginning of January and, you know, really just expanding our footprint. We're hoping to one day be sold at Sprouts and Whole Foods via the natural channel. We really think that our products align with those retailers. But re right now it's really about, you know, distribution, keeping our Amazon sales up, collecting data, and then using that to pitch retailers moving forward. That is right. That's the and that's the beauty of being in Amazon and DTC. You find out exactly what works and the the language that you're using for marketing. I think it's great. And I definitely wish you luck as you start branching into co-ops. Co-ops are a great place to start. You can really connect with the with the consumers there. It's so much fun to set up a demo table and just talk to everybody as they come through because there's tons of local and unique, you know, products all through a co-op. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Allie, super, super excited. We could finally do this. Uh, much success to you in the launch of Farmer Foodie. So good seeing you here again today on Winning at Work. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.